Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. It's Que Golazo weekend recap time. Real Madrid win 1-0 against 10-man Atalanta. Man City take care of business against Borussia Mönchengladbach 2-0. I have Jimmy Conrad here. We're going to talk about both games and a little bit of a gut instinct on who we think will make it through at the end of all this as all the round of 16 first-leggers are done. Que Golazo Wednesday recap begins right now. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Kego Lasso, our Wednesday recap. If you can hear the angst in my voice, Jimmy Conrad shares the same sentiment. And yes, we're going to talk about it. Champions League Wednesday recap. Man City wins 2-0 against Borussia Mönchengladbach. And Real Madrid wins 1-0 against Atalanta. Let's begin <laughs> with that game, Jimmy Conrad, as Atalanta for the best part of the almost the whole game from the 18th minute. We're doing so well with 10 men. Uh, and Real Madrid get a great goal by Mendy. Can't take that away from him. Really good finish. Real Madrid make it one nothing. Uh, but, you know, Atlanta playing with 10 men due to uh, a red card, he says, with an asterisk uh, as uh, an apparent foul because of a, an apparent goal scoring opportunity uh, in the 17th minute. Jimmy Conrad, let's talk about this game. And of course, let's begin with that red card decision. Yeah, so shout out to Furlan Mendy for being the best attacking player for Real Madrid from the left back position. I'll just give a shout out there. He's the one that ended up getting the foul called on him or for him that led to the red card. He makes a nice run through and the Atalanta player. Freuler, yeah. Freuler, he, he doesn't need to win the ball there. You know, he, he definitely makes a rash decision. Super harsh, though. Not a red card, in my opinion. I wish we could show it to you guys. Obviously, from an audio perspective, we cannot. Well, we sure can, actually. We're going to uh, our producer, Brad. Can, yeah, our man. If you're watching this on YouTube, as we're talking, our amazing producer, Brad, will just show you that clip as we're talking about it. Um, and uh, go ahead, Jimmy. So it just, it, just wasn't, it just wasn't clear and obvious to me. Like he, When Mendy is taking his touch at the top of the box, for everybody just listening, he does break through, but the... It, the defender doesn't feel like the last defender. It feels like he comes from the side or it looks like he comes from the side. He's not, it's not like Mendy was in on a breakaway and he gets two footed from behind by Froehler. It's that's, it's kind of a shoulder to shoulder, you know? Yeah. He's behind him a little bit. He's a little bit late, but it felt really harsh to be a red card. And I think that outside of his touch, which was his touch was going away from goal. So it wasn't even clear and obvious. So I'll start I'll, I'll finish that thought. The fact that the referee, knowing he has VAR at his disposal, elects not to use it is, is really interesting for me. A really, really interesting. There's some referee calls throughout this. Luka Modric goes through somebody from behind. No yellow. Uh, Casemiro already has a yellow. And then he definitely dives later in the game. Okay, right before Which is a yellow. It's a yellow for diving. It's so bad. He's looking for it. 
doesn't get it. The referee recognizes it's Casemiro, knew that he already gave him a yellow, doesn't give him a second, which is sketchy. So it just, it's just, and then many, of course, then scores, you know, Atalanta, they were doing great. I mean, their back three was awesome. Everybody was, everybody was committed to the cause. You could see their energy. They wanted to see it out. And then Mendy hits a pretty good goal. I thought the goalkeeper probably could have saved it, to be honest. It wasn't like in the corner. But, but that said, uh, not to take anything away from, from either team, I suppose. But the referee just, he changed the game, man. And ultimately, he, he changed probably what's going to happen in leg two as well. Yeah, I'm just going to pick up right there. Okay, listen to me. If you're a Real Madrid fan <laughs> and you're listening to this, I, I want you to do me a favor. Just pretend for a second, just for a millisecond, that you're not a Real Madrid fan, Okay. And let me just break this down for you, which is basically what Jimmy's done. But let me just echo and just highlight a few points. All right. The goal scoring opportunity is why he got the red card. Apparently, Mandy was uh, denied a goal scoring opportunity. Absolutely. It's a foul. Absolutely. No question about it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That is not a goal scoring opportunity. Mandy did not have complete control of the ball. And actually, if you watch the video, not still images, don't get a photo, watch the video. Our, our friend Gab Marcotti uh, rightly said it on Twitter. If you watch the video, right, if he continues his run, he's actually going away from goal and he doesn't have complete control of the ball. That's not a clear goal scoring opportunity. The second thing is what Jimmy said. The fact that the ref said, no, no VAR, this is it, straight red. In the 17th minute, in your head, you ruin the game. You 100% ruin the game. If this was the 78th minute, 80th minute, and he still chooses to use VAR because it's so tough. I mean, to be honest, any, any time in the, in the game is not uh, acceptable. But the fact that it's so early in the game, that's what really annoys me because you completely ruin everything. You have control there and you have VAR to help you. You can look at this and say, look, let me take another look. But he doesn't. And it's completely ruined. The game is just ruined. Duan Zapata gets sacrificed. That just killed me, right? Because he was poised for a great game. Atalanta do so well, so well from the 70th minute to try and hold it. And a great goal from Mendy. Can't deny it. Yeah, I think the keeper maybe could have had a say, but really good finish. Uh, and Real Madrid come away one nothing. So I'm listen, when I'm saying this, it's I love Atalanta. It's got nothing to do with that. Just Real Madrid fans, take your Real Madrid hat off for a second. If it's the other way around, let's pretend it's a Clásico, right? And Griezmann has that ball and he doesn't have full control. Oh, my. You know how hot Real Madrid fans you, you would You would be? go insane. Oh, my. They would lose their minds if, if Sergio Ramos or Varane got thrown out. If, and if Griezmann was like Casemiro oh, and he no. pretend, forget about it. So take your no hat off because that no is question. not a red card. It's not a red card. It's not a red card. And the game was ruined. Ruined. What's the point of VAR? Honestly, what's the point? Like you have a chance to look at it and be like, okay, you know what? It's not a clear goal scoring opportunity. If he was like five yards away from the keeper and he's about to finish and then that happens 100%. And that, that's not what happened. It's, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> it, it is ridiculous. I, I don't even know <clears throat> what to add to it. So, so I will, I hopefully everybody's seen it at this point. And I think that will give you a good, I mean, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen it, just press pause or maybe go press pause five minutes ago before Luis loses his mind and, and then go watch it. And, and then you're going to come back and probably share in our disgust, unless you're a Madrid fan, of course. So, so this is what I'll say. A couple, a couple things of note with regard to this game. When Madrid went up a man, they didn't take advantage of that. They needed a, a left-footed outside back to score with his right foot 
with five minutes left to get out of that game. Their transition play was way too slow. They really lacked ideas in and around the box. Now, it's not easy when Atalanta is obviously committed to putting all 10 guys back behind the ball 20 yards away from, bo- from, the bo- from the goal. Excuse me. I get that. But they still lacked ideas. They still lacked, okay, what do we do? We got the ball here. What are we going to do? And, and that is a, that's cause for concern for me as I'm, if I'm a maturadista. Okay? The next thing is Casemiro did get a yellow. That means he's missing the second leg because of yellow, yeah. yellow card accumulation. That matters. And then from an Atalanta standpoint, Joseph Ilicic, who is one of their most dynamic attacking players, but does have a history of, of motivation. I know he's also got mental health. Uh, like there's a, a lot of depression. And, and not to say that in, in, impacted his game today, but he came on as a sub. And Gasparini, the manager of Atalanta, was yelling at him, like, stop complaining and do something. Mm. And he kept complaining. So Gasparini pulled him off. This is a 33-year-old man. You know what I mean? It's not like, it's not like he's, he's taking out a, you know, a 19, 20-year-old kid like Thomas Tuchel did to Callum Hudson-Odoi, who's a little bit older than that. But, but he's not trying to teach a lesson to a young kid. He's teaching a lesson to a grown-ass man. So I, I, I wonder how that's going to play into leg two. They, I was surprised that Lichich shouldn't start, but now I understand that there's probably some, some issues potentially brewing behind the scenes. Adelanta were done dirty in this one. They deserve better. I was hoping they would muster the one zero zero draw so they'd have something to play for and could potentially exact revenge with an away goal of their own to maybe steal the second leg. It's going to be very hard. I, I think, especially with Sergio Ramos coming back into the team, Kareem Benzema coming back into the team and Hazard could be healthy at that point. So, so that's a much different Madrid than the one they faced today. It's, it's, it's sad, you know, they deserve better. And, and we could say the same thing about Atalanta against PSG last year. I mean, they played PSG off the field for a little while and then, PSG scored two goals in the last five minutes or whatever, and it was over. <laughs> so it's just, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, yeah. I, I, that's, that's the game, I guess, right? You got to play all the way to the end, but they just, this one was out of their hands. The referee took it out of their hands. That, that's it. There's nothing else to be said. Uh, one, nothing to Real Madrid, and it's going to be very difficult uh, in, in the second leg, but who knows, you know, who knows? Maybe Atalanta. Uh, I'm just happy that it was just one, nothing just for the sake of it. I mean, you know, it could have been a goal fest, but it wasn't. And to your point, Real Madrid didn't really take advantage of this. Uh-uh. It took a good finish from Mendy, and that was it in the latter stages of the game. So um, that, there you have it. one nothing to Real Madrid. So, so let's go a little bit just deeper into what you think prediction-wise in the second leg. How do you see Gasparini? I, I just don't see him doing anything other than what he knows best, which is like, I don't care. We're going to go at it no matter what. I mean, they have to. Uh, and, and with 11 men on the side, maybe Duvan Zapata will be super <laughs> amped for this one no well i hope so but i i suspect that there'll be some conservatism because if they give up that next goal if madrid yeah. scores the next goal it's going to be really hard for atalanta at that point so i think you can still kind of play it straight until halftime and then at halftime to your point that's when you start to throw everything forward and take some more risks and maybe try to gain some numerical advantages if you can get a goal on a set piece and through your normal run of play and they're very good at it in the first half, great, you'll take it. But but I don't see them really committing significant numbers forward until 45th, maybe even the 60th minute when the game is still in the balance with 30 minutes left. Because if Madrid does get that first goal, it's gonna be it's gonna be hard. And Madrid are top professionals. They know how to win games. They know how to grind them out. They are also not afraid of dabbling in the dark arts to win games. Sergio Ramos is the master of dabbling in the dark arts of defending in particular. So, yeah, I. I this is Madrid. I said before in the preview that they always seem to find a way to hang around, and here we are. Uh, my theme hasn't changed. Yeah, no, that's it. That's nothing more to be said. Uh, all right. Let's talk about the other game. 
which I predicted to nothing. But to be it honest did. with you, it's it, it, by default, though, because Man City really at this, you know, what, 55th minute, maybe a little earlier, maybe basically in the dressing room. Pep Guardiola was like, all right, we got this. Uh, do you guys just want to kind of take it easy? I mean, <laughs> Monchen Gladbach. I said that they kind of are emulating Marco Rosa right now. They're just thinking about the summer. It wasn't it wasn't um, a good performance. But then again, they're playing Man City. So, Jimmy, what do you think? Two nothing against uh, so, Gladbach, two goals. Uh, Gabriel Jesus scored one. Bernardo Silva, they're, they're doing a record for the shortest players to score headers. <laughs> well, when all you put up top is short players, I guess that's what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, but I will say uh, fair, fair play to – I almost said fair tip again. Fair play to uh, – <laughs> to city for another great defensive performance only gave yeah. up one shot on goal against a team that likes to score goals and is very good at it. I was surprised that Marcus Taram didn't start uh, that he went with Lars Stindl and Alisson play up top. I thought Stindl maybe could have dropped in and, and could have made them a little bit more da dangerous with Taram and, and play up top. What was he the thinking there? Do you think? I don't know. I don't know if there's something going on behind the scenes or if you wanted to bring Taram and Briel and Bolo on maybe a little bit later to see if they can unlock something and see how it goes. It was very defensive. And they rolled, they rolled out a, a back three, which is not something that they had played much of this season. But it worked, or it didn't work actually, to great effect uh, against FC Cologne uh, this past weekend. But I think Marco Rosa was looking at what happened last season between Lyon and Manchester City. Uh, Lyon did use a back three to great effect. And... This isn't Leon. <laughs> this is a this is a much uh, much different team. And and what I thought was interesting, it's Pep was prepared for the back three because when you look at both goals that Man City scored, they're exactly the same thing. Joao Cancelo's on the left side as the outside left back. He cuts inside with his right and he drops the ball into the back post. Beautiful. And what I love about this is that that's where the that's where the gaps are in a back three. And if you're usually in a back three with with two or excuse me three center backs is your whole back three they're obviously a lot more locked into what's in front of them not always what's over their shoulder you know they're not the outside backs in those positions so bernardo silva drifts on back on both of them he's all you're right to your point he's a little guy the first one he scores on on that space in that back post and then the second one he heads it back across for gabriel jesus to poke in i mean there it was so obvious that, that that's what they were working on that they were looking for that that cut in from cancelo and he would drop it in to make sure and then they would just run three four guys into the box and say good luck Bruce, you mentioned gladbach picking up any of these guys and if the ball is a good one we're going to get something on the end of it and then of course they're high highly alert to to for second balls right anything that drops into the box to finish so the tactics were spot on, well executed, and a very professional performance once again for Manchester City. And by the way, Kevin De Bruyne didn't even need to play. Uh, Fernandinho was just chilling. Uh, Sinchenko too. John Stones. It's just not fair. Uh, it's just not fair for anybody else. Um, all right, so let's do something here, yeah, Jimmy. Shoot. No, I was just going to say really quick mm. that, that I was actually surprised that Kevin De Bruyne didn't start. I was surprised that Riyad Mahrez didn't start, given how well both of those guys did against Arsenal on the weekend. You'd want to kind of keep that momentum going. Sergio Aguero did get some minutes, so it was nice to see him out there again, which is scary for anybody that's got to face City. But then yeah. I started to look at their schedule. City play West Ham next, then they play Wolves, and then they play Manchester United in the Manchester Derby. All league games, and I think they got to just get through that stretch. That's a tough one. And, and every, it's, in, it's in one week as well. Yeah, right? it's every three, every three days or four days. It's West Ham, then Wolves, then Manchester United. And then they get a little bit of a break with Fulham. The Fulham aren't easy to break down right now. So it, it's, it's interesting times. And I can understand now why he's trying to rotate that 
that squad. But man, they they oh, they're so good. They are so good. They're so. I mean, they're the best team in Europe right yes. now. Yeah. Oh yeah. No question. No question. Yeah. All right, so let's do something here. Now that we have the first leg done mm -hmm. of round the 16 of the Champions League, let me just go by every game. This feels like uh, pressure. I feel like I knew where you're going with this. Every fixture. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, no, it, to be honest with you, it's more of a gut instinct thing I want you to do. It, it, there's not much. Uh, <laughs> there's not much analysis. <laughs> there's not sure. much. Uh, there's not much thinking we need to do here. Uh, no, what I mean is just you know instinctively, wh where is your gut going? Okay, so yeah, let me okay, just go okay. by fixture, tell you the the result right now at the end of the first leg, and see uh, how it can change or not change for, for either team. So let's begin with RB Leipzig, Liverpool. Liverpool leading 2-0. They're going back to Anfield. How do you see this one? Yeah, I like Liverpool. Okay. I think that they have a good energy for this competition. I think they can sense that things aren't looking good in the league, and this might be their only kind of last gasp to try to win a trophy of some, of some capacity. Okay. Barcelona, PSG. PSG leading 4-1, uh, going back to Parc de Prince. How do you see that one? Yeah, PSG is going to do the business. I don't see another La Remontada uh, in this one. So, you know, it's been nice to see Messi play for Barcelona in the Champions League, but I think this will be the last time, which is kind of sad to say. I actually think he's on the move. That's kind of amazing. Just yeah. need to take that in for a second. Messi's Barcelona, yeah. Barcelona played today against Elche, and they won 3-0, and, and Messi was sick. Two goals in that one. Just, uh, just throwing that out there. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. They needed right. to win that, too, to put pressure on Atleti and Real Madrid. So That's right. Okay, we got Liverpool in. We got PSG in Sevilla. 2-3. Two, 3-2 three. Three, two, Borussia Dortmund uh, going back to Germany. How do you see that one? I like Borussia Dortmund. I feel like they've found something. It, what's crazy to me is that Sevilla have only gotten past the round of 16 once in their 60-year history in the Champions League slash European Cup. But they win the Europa League. Like it's no big deal. It's crazy to me, dude. They won the Europa League six out of the last 15 years, but they can't get past the round of 16. It's they are cursed. They are cursed in some ways. And they ran into a Borussia Dortmund buzzsaw that was ready to be unleashed. So, well, I Jimmy, think, I, I, think, I think Dortmund will see it out. I call this, I call Sevilla I, the same way. I, I call them the Conor Horahane of, of Europeans. So the Conor Horahane, Villa player, he's not good enough for the Premier League. He's, just about right for the championship and that's Sevilla Sevilla I want them to be dormant personally but at the same time we have to keep having Erling Haaland in this tournament uh but three two you know the fact that they can score three goals away from home I, I think they're going to be up for it I agree all right so you had dormant there right all right Porto Juventus Porto Ooh. leading two one this is a tough one I think that late goal that Juve scored that Federico Chiesa scored could come back to haunt Porto. I really do. Had they got through that game up 2-0, mm. I'd be really leaning hard to Porto right now. But Juve, I don't know, they were in the same situation last year against uh, Lyon. And and even though uh, Cristiano Ronaldo did to have two fantastic goals in that one, they got Memphis Depay had that early penalty, if everybody remembers, and that still was enough to knock uh, Juve out. So even though he's the greatest of all time, Cristiano Ronaldo, in this competition, I want to make sure that's clear, in this competition, I think Messi's the best. Uh, and I like Sergio Conte. I could see it. I could see, I could see, I could see Porto doing it. But then I could, oh, this is a tough one, man. You got to choose one, man. It's just your gut instinct. We're going okay. to revisit well, it. So my, my gut says Juve is going to find a way to do it, but, but I'm pulling for Porto. 
Yeah, I'm the same way. I just think that Chiesa goal killed Porto. I it think did. if they, if they had yeah, not allowed so that bad. one, uh, I agree. Yeah, it's it's too so, much. All right, so. Atleti trailing one nothing to Chelsea, going back to Stamford Bridge. Atleti, I'm probably never going to bet with those guys ever again. Uh, I'm just going <laughs> to stay away from Atletico Madrid games because they just always let me down on the betting side. They did the business last year against Liverpool at Anfield against all odds. I could see them doing it. We you know, obviously talked to JJ and he came on and said Chelsea's or Thomas Tuchel in particular is fantastic at, at uh, being the underdog. But when you're the favorite, he seems to struggle a little bit. So I'm curious to see what the tactics are going to be. It's only one nothing. It's only one zero. Um, you know, Atleti still need a goal to do something for them to get shut out over two legs by a good, really relatively stout Chelsea team. I, I think Chelsea's going to go through, but I'm pulling for Atleti. Mm. I know I it hurts. It hurts me to say yeah, that, but I, think, but I uh, will say, I will say as an Atleti fan, if they get knocked out of the champions league right now, it, they can put all their focus on La Liga, on only, La Liga. and yeah. they need to have all that focus on La Liga because they're struggling a little bit at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm going to defer. I'm going to say Atleti, I think, uh, but I, 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 I hope that with all I'm, my heart. I mean, I've been really wrong this season. So, <laughs> all right. Uh, Bayern Munich, 4-1 against Lazio. This should be a quick one. Yeah, Bayern Munich. Yeah, easy. Yeah. Uh, Real Madrid, we just finished it against Atalanta, 1-0. Uh, Madrid will know, go through because that's what they do. It's just, this is their competition. Yeah, and I think, you know, Freuler not being in the second leg as well is going to probably hurt them a little bit. We'll see. Um, and Man City, Mönchengladbach. Yeah, City for sure, 100%. All right, so it's looking good. All right, well, that's it, my friend. That's it, Jimmy Conrad, Wednesday awesome. recap. Final thoughts before we say goodbye. No, what a day. I, I am still in disbelief by that red card call and just some of the referee decisions in that game. And I hope that Atalanta can somehow atone for these grievances that they should have. Yeah, well, to your point about um, Atleti Madrid, if they lose to Chelsea, I think Atalanta can also place their focus on uh, Serie A and, and get that Champions League spot because it's very close, very tight race, very tight race. Very tight race. Jimmy Conrad, take a well-deserved rest, my friend. <laughs> Till when? Tomorrow we get a weekend preview, baby. Let's go. You have 45 minutes to rest. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. We appreciate you. Hey, everybody. I want to thank Jimmy Conrad for joining me today. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Kegolasso Pod. We are on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Kegolasso. We're on cbsports.com. Please keep supporting us. Keep listening. Keep watching on YouTube. And don't forget, weekend preview coming up as well and so much more. Have a great, great rest of your day. moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.